uh, and then this is the thing I need you to say. I need you to say okay. our our next episode, something like our next episode releases in one week. That will tag at the very end, and it'll be your voice saying that. Got it. Are you ready? Thanks, everybody, for listening in on the most interesting person in the world podcast. Check out, because we're going to be dropping one again next week. Boy, that sounded pretty cool, didn't it? It's like, we're going to drop one. <laughs> but anyway, we're going we're gonna to we upload are, another we one. Are drop it. We're going to drop it one every week. <laughs> drop it one every week. <laughs> All that being said, that stay tuned, because we'll have another one that will oh. be released next week. <laughs> That'll be released never, next week. Never, never mind. <laughs> we'll be released, released next week. Uh, look for us at anywhere you get your podcasts. So thanks so much for checking us out. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Watch out for the drop next week. Sorry I asked. Brady, we really appreciate you spending this time with us today. It's, uh, you know, this, as we've been doing this podcast, we have been learning, we've been learning a lot about people because, you know, Brady, like the whole point of the podcast is that we are talking to strangers and there's no real script. We don't plan questions ahead of time. There's no form. So how do you feel about this kind of thing? Well, I think starting a podcast by flattering the guest is always a good tip and it's useful for making them comfortable. So, uh, you know, props to you on that front. I think uh, when, when you talk for a living the way that I do, uh, you're pretty comfortable in, in most situations, uh, irrespective of the questions or the format. And I do a lot of podcasts as well. And and I, I like the ones that end up talking shop or talking about life and drift a little bit away from the work that I do professionally on a day to day. But of course that is my area of expertise and I can talk about that for a long time. Also, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about what are the things that really um, get you up in the morning? You know, you'd mentioned a little bit you vocationally and you got a lot of different things that are happening. You're in different spaces, but when you get up in the morning, what is it that, what is it that motivates you to engage in all that stuff? I'm a pretty ambitious person. So, mm. uh, you know, if my, my personality type is sometimes called the reformer. And so like the worldview that mm. I have is that everything's broken and it's my responsibility to fix it, which is, is kind of just like the default state that I think things, uh, how I view things. It's not a, a conscious thought process. Um, but, you know, you, you could ask my wife, like, what's that like for her? And she would say, yeah, it's great. Like he's quite competent. But also the flip side is things can feel like they're never good enough. You know, we, we, mm. we, you know, we can have this amazing project to success and that can already be on to the next thing. Be like, well, you know what we could have done better is this. And when, mm. when I say that, I get really excited. To the question, what gets me up in the morning? I've found that for me, uh, you know, having a lot of different things on my plate, we have a team of about 30 now, you know, a couple of different products and, you know, a few different locations for the office. And then two children, you know, young girls and, and a family and friends and then personal interest as well. My life is quite um, regimented and, and systemized. And so what gets me up in the morning is, you know, hey, like I have these goals and ambitions and I know the best way to accomplish them is to, you know, just put in a little bit of good work every single day. And so it's just about getting up to do that work and putting in a good day's work. And I have a quote here on my wall that says, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And it's, it's not my quote. It's attributed to someone famous, surely. Uh, but 
the whole purpose of that is that anything that is good takes a long time. And it's about putting in that little bit of good work every single day to achieve it. And I just want to know, you know, every time I wake up in the morning and say, hey, another opportunity to do some good work. I love it, Brady. So what's going on in these what, what, what's going on in these two these offices? What good thing is happening in the you said you have multiple locations where your team is working. Help us understand a little of what's going on in the day to day in these in these offices. What's this good sure, work so that I, you guys are doing? I run a company called Pro Church Tools, and we help churches, as we like to say, navigate the biggest communication shift in 500 years. We have products, namely software, helping churches build websites and accept donations online and manage their people. And that's kind of our biggest product. And then we also you know, do some client work with churches, helping them with social media. Uh, but the bulk of what we do is create content. So we, you know, we've been podcasting for a decade and being on YouTube for a decade and blogging and social media for that long as well. And so most of what we're known for is, you know, just helping churches navigate these murky waters of digital. And so we have two locations. We have a stateside location in Idaho and we have a location here in Canada in Niagara Falls. And the Niagara Falls location is, you know, the Canadians and we do a lot of the content creation and the, you know, customer success. And then the American stateside location is where the product designers and engineers and developers all are. And then we have, you know, another 15 or so scattered around uh, the continent remotely. When did you realize that you could take what you were learning and scale it into this, this business and re really ministry, right? It's a ministry oriented business. Um, when did you realize that you could make a living doing that? And how did, how did you get the, the kind of business knowledge to make all that happen? Well, I, I realized that I didn't have the relational bandwidth to be a full-time pastor, especially in the context of student ministry. I would, I just, I knew if I got into this, I had a passion for it, but I wasn't going to be able to serve these kids the way they, they would need because I just, I, I'm too much of an introvert where I, I wasn't going to be getting it, it charged by that. I would be getting drained. And then when a kid would need me, certainly I just like, I wouldn't have what they needed, but I wanted to still work with church. And so I really found my home in this digital media world. And that was also kind of kicked off like, Ooh, online business. What is this? Like people are making money on the internet. Like, what is that? Mm. And, mm. you know, my, I was making $1,200 a month part-time at my church as the media director. And, you know, my, my tuition was eating all of that. My wife was working insurance during the day, retail at night. And, and we were like, well, we don't have any money, so we might as well like go for it. There's nothing to lose if we kind of like try to do this online business thing. And I, I remember my parents, I mean, we got married pretty young, my wife and I, we were 21 and we moved across the country when we were 19. They just, I'll see ya, you know, just dating at the time and went to this school together with a bunch of our friends. Like we, we were all living together, you know, in, in North of Toronto. And then we were like, we're going to go to this Bible college, the other side of the country, because they had a worship program and the one in Ontario didn't. So, and, and so we didn't have much to lose and we weren't making any money. And I remember my parents being like, first you get married. Now you want to like think you're going to make money on the internet. Like you're very talented and we believe in you and you're skilled, but like, make sure you finish your degree. Just promise us. I promised them yeah. I'd finish. And, and I did, you know, graduated with honors, like praise God. Good job. I remember the first time I ever made a dollar on the internet. So I had launched these video announcements as a service and it was like $299 a month. And a church signed up and I remember this email came in. I was using this plugin called Cart 66 and it was this WordPress plugin. And so like Cart 66, new customer, 
in the subject line. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because what happened was I bought this URL, provideoannouncements.com. And because video announcements was not a term that anyone cared to compete for, I was like ranking in the top three for the term video announcements. And anyone that was searching video announcements was searching for a video announcement service because like they're like, how do you do this? So kind of like serendipitously, I had this really high ranking site and that keyword people were searching with the intent to buy. So this customer finds me, this church in, in Florida and it's, it's, oh my goodness. And then an hour later, I get an email from this church and they said, you know what, after checking out your stuff, like we need a refund, this is just not gonna work for us. And I remember like being absolutely devastated. I was at the office of our church plant, which was like this office building, like office park in the middle of like, you know, the construction area of town, second floor. And I just remember like crying because I was like so excited and then so devastated. And like, I didn't even want to tell, like tell my wife because I was like, I thought something had happened and then it hadn't. But anyway, a week later, another church from Florida signed up and this time they stayed. And that church is still a customer of ours today, 10 years later, not with video That's announcements because they've kind of fallen out of style, uh, but they use our website builder and they use our other, other products. And that church signed up and then within two months, three more had, and they were all paying $300 a month. And I was making $1,200 a month at church. And if you do that quick math, that means that those four churches had replaced or matched my church income at the time. And at that point, you know, it's kind of like you make a dollar on the internet and if you can just make one dollar, like, okay, this is viable. If I can make one, I can make a thousand. And if I can make a thousand, I can make, you know, whatever is needed to support my family and then eventually support this team and build a business. And, you know, who knows how far it goes from there. That's like when you start a podcast, Joe. If we could have one, if we could have one person to actually talk to us, maybe. And, and we will. did, we did, Brady. We felt just like that with this. Now, now it's not the same comparison. You know, we don't have we, locations don't and money. offices, there's and no there's money. no money, there's, there's no, no listeners. But there's no we have the same except kind of thing for like Upper Alaska. Upper Alaska, we have a very, we have a very strong market of like 15 people that have listened to it. Yeah, we're, we're shout out to shout out to Alaska. But we had the same feeling with the first, um, the first person that that came on, which whose name was Vaughn, and he was a little bit late. And we were, you know, I was getting nervous about whether he was going to, because this was where what was going to prove whether somebody was actually going to do this. And so, um, so we have we've had a similar kind of kind of feeling. Um, I was wondering when you were talking, um, you know, your your work has grown so much over these years, and when it seems like in my life. And I don't know how it is for Joe, but it seems like in my life, the things that I end up doing, I tend to stumble into them. I, I very rarely like come up with an idea and then it just works. What's it been like for you? Because you are obviously, obviously a, a, an ambitious person. You have a broad vision. You have a ton of energy and discipline and routine in your life. H has, has your path mostly been having an idea? like the video announcements and just knowing this is this is going to meet a need and it's going to work or have you had a lot of trial and error or is it just kind of maybe i'll try this and then it's stuck what's what's your process been like yeah i would say things have mostly just worked right away which is something i've reflected on good. a great deal of um I, i'm not sure who said this this quote but 
I think it was attributed to Steve Jobs. I can't find it right now, but it was something to the tune of like one of the worst things that you can achieve while you're young is success is because, because it makes smart people complacent. And, and when you're young and you haven't been beaten up by life yet, and I'm 32 for context now. And like, it was a million dollar business in my early twenties. And like, when you haven't been beat up by life yet, and all you've experienced is like, wow, that, that went crazy really fast. You don't really know how much did I contribute to that? And how much was luck? And, and how am I supposed to steward something that I'm not even certain how I got it? Mm. And so I've reflected on that a lot. And I was, I, I, what I am very grateful of is that despite there not being too many like dramatic failures in the history of the business, things haven't been, things haven't gone up crazy quick. Now, in the first year or two, we were making like six figures. And then a couple of years later, we were making seven figures. And you know, now it's multiple seven figures. But there was never a moment where like I went from zero followers to tens of thousands or zero dollars to you know hundreds of thousands. It's been very incremental over 10 years, like this, you know, mm -hmm. just steady upward climb. How many so followers do you have now? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on like what your um which platform. I mean. I mean, we have about 140,000 subscribers on YouTube, 75,000 on Instagram, 100,000 on TikTok, the email list. We're pretty aggressive with the pruning of the email list. So if you don't open, we're going to remove you. So I have 50,000 churches there. Thousands of churches pay for our products. Um, like it's, it's a lot. And, I also, and it's because our, our, it's a very small niche, right? Churches with digital. And so those numbers in our niche are also like, they mean a lot more than maybe having the same amount of numbers in a really big niche, like, like fitness or wellness or fashion or, you know, just cameras, something like that, let's say. And so, but, but to get back to what I was saying, the nice thing with the incremental growth is that it allowed me to like, okay, this is happening quickly, but not so quickly that I can't like find my bearing with each new Got stage. It. Yeah. So hopefully my character and competency are kind of growing proportionately with what I am responsible for. And before I got into this, like I was good at other things. Like I made an entire record from scratch and it got radio play as an example. Like I just made it using Cubase software in 12th grade in my like bedroom. And then, you know, the Christian radio station in, in the province was playing it, which was like really cool. But like, I wasn't actually that good. Like there would not have been an actual upside to that, let's say. And then I, I did all the sports, you know, I had the good academics uh, and I was, I was pretty good at preaching when I, when I tried that. I was DJing for a little while, freelance video, like just all these different things. And I was doing all these different things and it was never quite, you just quite, it's not quite in my lane. And then when you get into that pocket, oh, wow, you start to come alive. And it also, you're seeing it kind of reciprocated um, beyond you. When you talk about the things that have kind of grown incrementally, and even in your own heart and life, as you kind of have the moment to reflect, what are some of the kind of significant things that you've learned about yourself and about your God and about the people who you care for that's really made a real impact on your life? Well, I think I was, you know, as a young person, I was very reactionary. I think like, you, you know, you're younger and you have a lot of passion, um, but you're not always able to temper that. My, my youth pastor, he always would, he gave me a very, you know, 
call it a prophetic like picture of how he saw me. And he's like, you know, you're one of those like racehorses that, you know, is going to be faster than all the other racehorses, but you're a bit crazy. And if we don't like channel all that energy, you're just going to start like kicking and bucking and like, you know, and you know, maybe it's a bit dehumanizing to be compared to a horse. I don't know. I, I never really thought about that. But, you know, <laughs> what he was saying is like, you know, like when, when you channel all that energy and passion, like it is brilliant, but you have to properly channel it because otherwise it can just become chaos. And I, I was definitely better in my early 20s than I was in my teenage years. But something would go wrong. And like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to like properly manage the stimuli that I was like feeling from it. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would make me have what she would call down Saturdays because I was just so like hyper stimulated up and down, up and down that she would make me have a day where it was like purposefully no stimulus. You're just going to lie around and it's going to be mm. extremely painful for you, but it's going to be like a, a reset so that like you can properly learn to, you know, manage everything that's going on in your body and all those feelings and exciting energy. So, I mean, that's been probably like a big, big part of it. Um, you know, for my wife, like in a relational standpoint, you know, she wants to know that she's getting like the same Brady every day and not wake up mm -hmm. one day and it's like super happy, yeah. all excited, let's go change the world. And then another day where it's just like, oh, this is, what's the point? You know, there's nothing, what's, life's not worth living. This is awful. And there was a lot of that, like, you know, in, in my 20s. And I think that's also why I've invested so much into like the systems and the predictable routines that I was um, discussing earlier. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I've yeah. found that kind of creates this like framework for me to thrive within. Um, and now the next step is like, okay, what happens if that framework fe like fell away? Like you can't just like live in a pen your whole life. So how can you find ways to like, okay, a little bit of freedom, a little less routine and structure. And are you able to still, to still thrive? One really practical example of that is, you know, you know the things that you're good at and then you know the things you're not good at. And it's easy to be like, when you, you know you're good at something, you're just like, yeah, I'm glad to do it. When you're not good at something, you kind of just like run from it. Like, I'm just not going to even like try because I don't want to fail at it. So we were, I was in uh, Portugal last week and we had this beautiful um, Airbnb on this cliff and the driveway was this sloping driveway, extremely tight and narrow. And it was in the shape of a V going downwards. So there was a 180 degree turn and on both sides was like concrete. And I was with my friend who's a very good driver, but I, it was the business trip. It was my rental and I did it once. And it was like, I don't know, an 18 point turn, like to make sure we didn't scrape any side, but it was rough. And I was starting to feel like anxiety because I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is, this is tough foreign location. I'm not used to this. Like, and I was like, okay, Justin, why don't you just do it? And he's like, okay, sure, man. I'm, I'm glad to do it. And then we got back from the shoot in that morning and we got there and I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of the car. And he's like, hey, you know what? Just give it another try. And this is my best friend. So, so he knows me. He knows what was, he knew what was happening. And he forced me to do it again, despite like feeling uncomfortable. And, and I did it the second time and I was like, oh, okay. So I just got to take the turn this way. Okay, great. And it was fine for the rest of the trip. So that was like, um, that was immaturity in me being like, this is making me uncomfortable. I'm going to run from it. I know he's competent with it. He can do it. But instead he was like, yeah, you can handle this. It's not in the typical structure routine that you like properly create for yourself, but Hey, you're going to do it. And I, and I did. So that's like one step in that right direction of a, of a bit less structure and routine and still being able to like, you know, be the person you want to be. Yeah.
I have a, I have a question when you talk about relationships, which again, I think that's just like, I mean, the only uh, truth be told, the only reason why I'm doing this podcast is to hang out with rush. Yeah. So it's like, it's just an excuse and, and something for us to enjoy doing. And he's like, Hey, why don't you do this? I go, sure. So we're jumping in doing it because of relationship. Right. So talk to me a little bit about what is it, Brady? What is it about friendship? That's so important and meaningful. So, I mean, for me, I think that the most, the most valuable friendships are just built on a simple singular thing. And that is longevity. How long can you stay in the other person's life through the ups and downs and through the different seasons of life? You know, what, what makes that most valuable is like, like the friend that I'm seeing, you know, across the spider verse or into the spider verse, like we're going to go see that on Tuesday. Like he was my college roommate and he was on my bus in 10th grade. And like, he's having his first child in like two months. And he's going to be a dad. He didn't even think he could be a dad. And now him and his wife are like going to have a kid. And like we, we used to watch WWE together in the first year of college when we had no money and we couldn't even afford pizza. And like, so now we've just been together this whole time. And there have been times when like we haven't hung out as much as we do now. And there are times when we hung out more than we do now. But like the constant is we've always been there. And I have a very small circle of friends, but they're all like that. And what we talk about is like, the, the most valuable thing is not this business that we're growing and the fact that like it pays our bills, um, but the fact that those bills pay for the families that we provide for and that we all get to be in each other's lives for as long as we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of, yeah, one of, the, one of the words I use a lot is that, yeah, it's never about the thing, you know? Whatever you're doing, it's never really about the thing. It's about the process and the people and how you do it together. And I just think that's that's such a that's so evident in the way in which you think, the way in which you think and live. It just it's uh, it's highly relational. I think it's really what drives everybody because we've been created mm. to do that, mm -hmm. right? I think yeah. that the 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 loop, closing the loop in terms of care and work and joy is the ability to share that with others, to, to be able to be together and to be able to create and to do in a way to where other people can enjoy that as well. I mean, it's one thing for me to enjoy a breakfast burrito by myself, but I complete that loop when I, when I share that with somebody else, either we enjoy it together or I get to tell somebody, I'm like, Hey man, I'll tell you what, this breakfast burrito is pretty all right. Well, and I've been did talking that, did, a lot did about that, did, did the breakfast burrito really kill the breakfast burrito killed it, didn't it? It just the whole. I think that tanked. really hammered it. It did. Home. It tanked. <laughs> oh, uh, this keeps coming to my mind, Joe. As as we are having this conversation, Brady, you are an impressive mm. guy. You are full of energy. Uh, you're really interesting to talk to. You have great company. You have great friends. Your, your schedule is full. Let me ask you this. And, I, and I'm genuinely, I want, the, I want the genuine answer. Why in the world would you be on this podcast with us? I, I like sent you a message like through Instagram. I said the yeah, thing I normally yeah, say like, the, yeah. like, we're not, like, there's no money involved. There's no, we don't have any followers. Uh, it yeah. probably won't work. Uh, nobody's going to listen to it. Um, and, and, and yet here you are. And you're really pouring yeah. yourself out and we're grateful yeah. for that. And I'm just Super interested cool. to know 
why, why, why did you do this? Why did you do you that? have lots of other podcasts yeah. you could do. You could sit on the deck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the business is built on the back of me giving away stuff for free. The mm. only, like I would make free social media posts instead of like claiming I had expertise and like keeping it behind the paywall. I just published it all for free and gave it yeah. away all for free. And so everything mm. that has come to my business has come because at like first I gave away stuff and then eventually you build trust and that reciprocity comes around. Like, you know, 96% of the people that are in our audience will never give us a dime. Mm. And that's the way the business is meant to go. That's what makes yeah. it so exciting and fun. And so I don't know, I get DMs all the time to do podcasts and assuming it's not a crazy busy time, I almost always say yes, because like, I guess that's just how I... That's how you're supposed to do it, right? Like, yeah, there's, right? There's no, the answer. Is, no, Joe, you're, there's the answer. He always says yes. Right. He always yes. says yes. No, 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 no. Let no, me no. tell you. What he said, no, no, no. What he said was, he said, he said, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say yes. Because and no, let me tell you that's, this. that's what you do. I was on my morning walk this morning. This is why this is timely. I was on my walk this morning. And I remember when I first started my podcast. I think it was 2013 or 14. And... The way I had started the show was we released five episodes in five days. This was how like you got onto the charts in iTunes back in the day. And, and listen, it's actually listen still carefully. This is going to be helpful. Listen carefully to this. Yeah, so you launch your podcast, you do a bunch of episodes all at once. Um, because if someone subscribes and they like it, like they might want to binge a few episodes right away. So you release like five episodes at once. And then we had this contest where we said, hey, if you subscribe, you'll be entered to win this free book. And it was by this book of this unnamed, um, unnamed author, and he will go unnamed for a reason that I looked up to and he had written a book that like was relevant to my audience. And my goal was I wanted to have him as the guest on the fifth episode. And I thought it was pretty audacious to ask for like him to be a guest after only five episodes. But I was like, okay, if I give away like 20 of his books, like that's a pretty, like, I think he'd be willing to come on. Cause I, I bought all sure. these books. Sure. That makes this sense. isn't like a New York times bestselling author. This is like the church world. This is small stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah got it. Got it. And he, he did not respond to any of my emails ever. And I don't know why, but today on my walk, I was like, I wonder what this guy's up to. And I went to his Twitter and he had blocked me. I don't know if I've ever what? found someone who blocked me before. Why? I have no idea. I have totally. people, you could surely find dozens of people who have had interactions sure. with me, but oh, man, yeah. that guy was a jerk. Because no, they let's, just, let's, a bad let's, just, let's just be clear, Brady. You tell, you tell me and Joe who this is that blocked. You tell us who this is. And, and we'll we take will care find him. We will take care we of just, this. We know, we know like four people and we'll nobody, nobody puts Brady in a corner. Nobody like, will take it. Oh my God. You just let us know. You don't have to say it right now, but you just, yeah. just blink it in SOS yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Right, and, blink, and blink Rush will take blink it. it and then we'll just, and you yeah. all of a sudden you'll be unblocked. And you won't have to Joe worry about it. And they came you know, through. Joe and Rush came through. <laughs> I just never want to be. That person, you know, like it's been 10 yeah, years. And I still go like, what Straight was up. that? What was that? Straight up. And that was it. And that, that was the answer. It's like, of course, like if, if you have an opportunity to do good, that you are to do good, that you just, that that's what we've been created to do. And uh, thanks for, thanks for letting us, uh, yeah. Thanks for letting us take a walk with you today. That was pretty cool. Well, thank you for the invitation. It was great to be here. Yeah, I kept on I kept on trying to get I kept on trying to like get him off the stump, you know what I mean? Like uh -huh. It was a No, I don't I don't know what you mean. 
I was so interested to just try and try and get a sense of him outside of his vocation. And then that's when it clicked when I went, wait a minute. No, 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 no. It is this, it is the same yeah. thing. Like, yeah. like you've designed these values and this culture yeah. and this thing it's not because it is, yeah, it's an expression. It's an expression yeah. of your, it isn't your identity, but is an expression and a giftedness of who you are. And then went, got it, got it. Which is, which is really cool. And this is what we this is what we thought was going to happen because I it reminds me the very first time that we started working on this experiment we talked about how there there's a lot to be gleaned from just even relationships with strangers and conversations like this yeah. that we're trying to have yeah. if you can move past that and so it's interesting yeah. that that is true even on here and oh, uh, yeah. you know hopefully that's and, you know it's highlighting that for real life. And, and what's also really interesting too, is that it's a, that the, my favorite part of this conversation was you go, Hey, why would you get on the spot? You go, he goes, well, cause that's what you do. Cause that is what you do. Like when you meet, when you have an opportunity to do good or to meet a stranger, you, that's what you do. But it's interesting. Not everybody does that. I just have to tell you, I was just not in the mood today. I just was Sometimes not, it the, but I was just like, oh man, I just, and I, and I had to like, I had to like dig deep and I was like, no, you know what? That even though I just am not in the mood right now to meet anybody new that no, it's good. And these are good things. And, as, and so it was kind of interesting. I had to kind of like, I kind of like kind of had to fight that a little bit today. I was like, not in the he, mood. He could feel it. He was like, I'm going to carry you guys today. Just just like, dude, Joe, just, just like Joe's like, man, what are we doing? Our next episode releases a week from today. So make sure to check it out anywhere you get your podcasts.